This is the global edition of the Business Disability Forum podcast. Who are we? The people behind the job title. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this global edition of the Business Disability Forum podcast. The theme of this series is disability and identity, and we are exploring the topic through conversations of people with disabilities who work internationally or focus on having a global impact. My guest today is Edurne Alvarez de Mon. Edurne is a, an HR consultant for Foro Inserta, which is an organization in Spain that supports businesses to recruit and to retain employees with disabilities. So I'm really excited to, to be talking to Edurne today. I've, I've been living in Spain for a little while now, and um, Edurne was one of the first people that I reached out to when I wanted to learn more about disability inclusion and business in Spain. And I was really struck by uh, her openness and uh, passion and, and knowledge for this, for this topic. So Edurne, hello. Good afternoon, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> Good afternoon to you. Bienvenida a nuestra podcast. Muy bien. <laughs> We're not going to speak Spanish today. <laughs> no, I think that you don't have to get to practice today. We'll just stick to no. English. But you know, I did get to practice in kind of preparing for this conversation. And, oh, yeah? And, and doing some re- yeah, look, I read, I read some of your blogs and I watched your TEDx talk as well. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I have uh, to say, you speak, you speak really fast. Yes, that's something <laughs> that I'm going to try to make slower now. Don't worry that I always have it in mind. But as you should see, I'm not always able to do it, but I'll try. Uh, ah, look, it was good. I was very happy for the, um, for the practice. So I mentioned a bit about your job when I in the introduction and, and who you work for, but can you can you start by telling our listeners more about yourself and, and your organization and, and, and what your role is? Oh yes, for sure. I'm a human resources consultant in Insert Empleo, which is the human resources entity of Onse Foundation. Onse Foundation is a huge foundation in Spain created by Onse, that's the lottery, and it, it works for blind people, to get blind people included in society, and the main objective, after Onse was created, 30 years ago, they created Onse Foundation in order to work towards employment, training, and, and accessibility of people with any kind of, de- of disability, so because employment is probably the best way to get into society. If you want to be fully included, but in order to get a job, you need to be trained, and in order to be able to get to be trained and to get a job and to do a real life, you need to be things accessible. So the, those three things are the pillar of our activity. And mm-hmm. right in Insert Empleo, which is the human resources entity where I work and where we pay our services, they are free of charge because we are co-financed by the Social European Fund. We like give attention, we have in our database nearly 250,000 people with disabilities in Spain that are seeking for a job. And sometimes database moves because people get a job, then come back and everything like that, as you can imagine. And we also work with a lot of companies. Most of them are small, medium enterprises because in Spain, most companies are dot size, but we have Inserta, for Inserta, which is the Inserta Business and Disability Network. And in for Inserta, we have nearly 90 partners. Those partners are mostly global companies, multinational companies, as you can see, Purcarrefour, McDonald's, uh, Repsol, Magde, those are really, really important companies which they employ people with disability. If you are become a part of a, a partner of for Inserta, that's because you know that you want to, to get people with disability in your company. But you are going, you don't do it just because you think it's a good thing. You know, do you do it because you are employing talent and you are giving an opportunity for people that normally have things more difficult, but that for sure are going to be a great worker. But we have to work a lot in that because, as I imagine, you know, in Spain, employment is not at a strength. Normally, we have to live with relatively high rates for employment. 
And that reality is even higher when you take into account just people with disabilities. So we have a lot of things to be done, but lots of things have already been done. For example, there have been created 22,000 job opportunities for people with disabilities in among Inserta Network companies. These people have been employed by Inserta Network companies, which is a really good number. And at the same time, among in our network, we try to do all kinds of activities because it's important that for companies we give, give them value. So it's not only about sharing best practices, which is something really important, or learning about failures because it's also critical to be able to learn when things haven't, why things haven't gone right. But also we have to be sure that we are speaking about what companies speak. For example, right now, right now, now everybody speaks about digital transformation. Digital transformation is a great opportunity for people with disability, but it's also a risk because if you get the digital transformation not taken into account accessibility or not taken into account the professional profiles of people with disabilities, we have the risk of, li of leaving them uh, away another time. That's why we have to work with companies and make sure that while we are changing, creating new jobs or changing old jobs because digital transformation or the future is not only about creating new jobs. It's also about new skills needed to do the same job. So that's and for us, for example, a huge issue and we work really, really tight with companies or other kind of things like personal, interpersonal skills. We have a lot of training courses and opportunities, but we always take into account what companies need. If companies they give us like the professional profile that they needed, we'll give we'll try to train people in that profile. But we also learn about companies and we have all kind of volunteer experience where companies maybe will taught our young people how to make our CV or how to do an interview, or they will learn will learn with companies what the skills that they needed, so that our coaches, the people who work, our colleagues, my colleagues that work with job seekers, are able to train and to help think people like. To get the to boost the employability in order to be able to reach successfully the labour market. Thank you for for that uh, introduction, Edone. And do you do you work primarily with the businesses, and your colleagues work with with job seekers, or do you do you do both of those things? Do you work with disabled uh, job seekers as well? No, I don't work with job seekers normally. I only work with big companies, for example, mm. with global companies or with business schools or with other kind of think tanks or like big important stakeholders for the foundation but that's because i'm in the network but inserta has premises all over spain and we also have por talento which is our platform our training and employment platform that allows and empower job seekers with disability to get there and be an active role in their seeking for a job position and also to companies to be like faster in our activity and we all we take a lot of we give a lot of importance or to be in the whole of spain because it's important not only to be in the big cities but in the small cities and the rural areas where there are less opportunities so we must we must make sure that everybody who lives there gets an opportunity, or not everybody, because that's not possible, but as much people as possible. So we also have agreements with municipalities or town halls. I don't know what's the British way of saying it, but I know that you know what I'm speaking about. Because if we have an agreement with the town hall of a small city with way of affecting different rural areas, that's a way of making us easier. We cannot open like a 500 premises. That's completely impossible. So it's a good idea to partnership with all the municipalities. And there is people in the other side, there are colleagues that they just work with job seekers. And there are also people that maybe do both. But if, if in the network, we only work with companies really. But we have colleagues who are the ones who know every kind of job seeker, they know their profile, and they help them design their individual talent map. 
because each person in in certa one you get to be like a job seeker your talent map is defined taking into account your personal skills your professional background and your capabilities we don't focus on disability we focus on what the person is able to do and how the person manages because it's not the same to the two persons that are in a wheelchair they may have different capabilities. That's why we don't never consider just disability. What we focus on is what the capabilities the person has. How long have you been been working for the forum? And I guess what made you want to work in the in the disability uh, sector or in the world of disability? Probably, I mean, I don't really have an answer for that. I've been working here for eight years, and it was something like luckily, or I don't know by chance. I had an accident, and after my accident, I was thinking about what what I was going to do with my life. So I started doing a master, studying a master, which was in finance. I got the chance to like had really good job opportunities. And while I was thinking about what to do with my future, I got a call from Insert, and they explained me the project. And it sounds so good that I ended up deciding like to change the disability movement because I, it's true that I do think now that I'm more aware of the reality is that sometimes where I thought that there weren't so many stereotypes or stigmas or they still are. I mean, there is lots of people who, when see a, people, see a person with disability, they think she's not going to be capable of that or she's going to feel, they're going to feel pity. I mean, something that I always think, I love to travel and I love to move all over the whole, I mean, I'm, my whole life, I'm practicing sports. I'm doing a really normal life, even though I have spinal cord injury, which makes me go in a wheelchair or with a sticks. And when I'm going in a wheelchair, there are many times that maybe I'm in a business school and somebody looks at me with pity. That's not the idea. I mean, probably I have problems as anybody here. Everybody who is living has different kind of problems. So the point is not feeling pity for a person with a disability, but just making sure that you have enough empathy to make things easier. So I think that we have to change the way of looking at that. And I also think that there are many things to be done. When you get to a company, there are certain times that there are lots of like, okay, you can I can employ a deaf person because this is for high con like and it's like no don't don't think about what kind of disability you can employ let me see your job description and we'll find out what kind of person fits your profile that's the point that we have to work a lot on that I said before that I had been watching your your TEDx talk and we can we can share the link to that for any any of our Spanish speaking uh, listeners as well uh, when we when we publish the the podcast but you, know, you were saying right at the start of that that you want to give a, a positive view of disability and you had also said i think that you were you were the same person now as, as you were before you had your accident and and got your injury so i just i wondered like how long did Brenda, it take? spanish is better than you think you really get to understand anything even though i'm speaking really fast <laughs> <laughs> hey i didn't i didn't tell you how many times i watched it <laughs> it was more than once but I was I was struck by the fact, yeah, you were talking about, you know, that you wanted to give this positive view of disability, and you had talked a bit about how you had um, had your injury, and I just wondered, how long did it take you to to develop that kind of positive perspective after you had had your your accident? Actually, I don't remember, because what I the only thing that I remember is when I wake up in the ICU, or the first thing that I remember of being in the ICU, it was like, okay this is what I have now and I have to get the best of everything. For sure, I have had really bad days. I mean, that's for sure. But I've always thought that I had to get the best result or the best res with the resources that now I have, get the best result possible, which is like, it doesn't make sense, or at least that's my opinion, to be feeling pity or being feeling like, okay, this is horrible because that's what it is. And it, it's, it can be really nice. If for sure, what you need is that people feel a little bit of empathy and like, 
you need more help than before. But probably, I'm, as I always say, I'm the same kind of person. I'm, I'm really, really, really independent. But I, I need people for certain things, which if you just make it something natural, it's another natural point of everybody needs another person. So, I mean, there are moments in life. I broke my leg two years ago, so I had to be in a wheelchair the whole time another time and learn to walk another time. And it was like, for me, it was a little bit of a flashback. I was like, okay, it's like in Toledo. I'm in Toledo another time. And yes, but the thing that that time it would need to it only took three months to be normal, another like normal in my normal stay of life, which is not the normal stay of way for everybody, but to be like as good as I was before my fall. And the other time it took almost two years. So in that point you learn, you value a lot with everything that you're able to do. I would value probably if I would be able to walk without the sticks, I would value that a lot. But since I'm not able of doing that, just walking with the sticks, you can manage and you make things to be like whole things. I have a friend that is walking with two sticks right now because she had an injury. And she's like, okay, I'm looking at you and I just try to do the same thing because now I understand why you use the sticks to get something from the floor or why you take your, like a lot of things in your back or why you put things in your mouth and it's like yes i just do it not because i want to it's like it's the most useful way of doing it into making sure that i want to be where i want to be in some way for sure there are lots of things that you cannot do but i never try to think on that just to focus on what i can do probably if you just start like that's really poetic what i'm going to say but if you dream you will always think less than what you are going to really at the end be possible and that's not a really doesn't sound good at all but what I want is like, there are much more opportunities thinking positively than negatively. That's what I really want to say. Yeah. And I guess that is kind of what you were saying before about the way that you approach uh, helping to match um, your job seekers' skills and abilities to the to the type of jobs that, you're, that your members have. Like you have the same approach, which is looking at people's skills and abilities and, um, and, and, finding, and finding the right way. That's, I mean, because I do think that it was makes sense. If you just think about what something, somebody's not able to do, you have to be realistic at the same time. I mean, and I don't think that just because you have a disability, you're a superwoman or a superman. I just always say it, and I don't think it at all. But I do think that when you have a disability, you learn to manage things in a different way, which is something really interesting. And on one side, and on the other side, because there are already many, like, not horrible, but not really happy things in life. So if you, just, you, are not spend, you don't spend a lot of time thinking about them, it's going to be much more healthier, or much healthier for sure. I wanted to ask you some questions about 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 Spain and and disability in Spain. Again, on your on your TED talk, I think you had said something about Spain having uh, like a model of of inclusion. I think I think you called it Marca España, like the kind of the Spanish way or the Spanish like brand or approach to to disability inclusion. And you said it was, uh, you know, often looked at by other countries as a as a model of good practice. So I wondered if you could tell us a bit more about about disability in Spain and you know what are some of the what are some of the positive aspects and probably yeah. because in Spain we have a foundation that works I mean once a foundation that's where I work it's really it it has a really important position in Spain because they have been working towards inclusion of people with disability for so many years and there is also a union that's the group of companies which makes shows to the world that you are able to have a company with different business units and the very different activities uh, with, which employ like over the 50% of people with disability. So in some way we show to the world that what we believe on, we also do it. Because it's sometimes you just speak about things but you don't do them. And it's like, it sounds like weird because how can you tell somebody to drink that if you're not going to try it? So if you tell people, employ people with disability because it's really profitable for sure, you should also do it. And that's what we do with Illumion. 
And ONCE Foundation has been working in Spain for so many years and before ONCE too, which was the origin or the beginning, the, the, I don't know how to say the word right now, the root of that. So probably we've been working for a lot, for like between 50 and 30 years at the end. And this, our society is getting more aware of the fact that people with disabilities should have an opportunity. And we've been working also in education, making sure that there is inclusive education at the school. Because if the first time that you see a person with a person with a disability is when in your job in your working spot, you are going to feel, oh my God, this is or it is. But if you've been your kids have been having people with disabilities at the school, you just feel like something normal, something that is I mean it's life. Nobody now doubts that diversity is a driver of innovation and a driver of way of creating value. So it's really important that we've been we have education as one of our training, but before training. You have to have education and you have to be able to go to the university or to study vocational training or doing like formación profesional, which I don't really know the name in English right now, but those kind of studies that they be able you to work in job positions that are really, they have a lot of demand, that are, they have lots of opportunities, but you don't need to have a university degree. And to get to that, first you have to be able to finish your school. At the same time, we've been working in accessibility in the public transportation for quite a while. We've tried to, there have been lots of campaigns making aware those those things should work or should should be taken into account if, in order to, if you want to successfully include people with disability. So this is true that there are many countries that come to Spain and try to see what we do, how we do it, or what, what things have worked for us and what things haven't worked for us. That's why we call it Marca España. Marca España is something that the government created some years ago, which is the way of showing to the world that Spain is much more is tourism, which tourism is probably the most important value, but we have many other things. And each kind of other things is a little part of Marca España. And ONCE and ONCE Foundation are the social part. Great. In terms of employment, what's, what's the employment rate for people with disabilities in, in Spain? And am I right, there is a, a, a quota system, a, a sort of mandatory employment system in, in Spain? Yes, there is a mandatory employment system because as I said at the beginning, people with disabilities face really high rates of unemployment, even though we've been working for quite a while. So the quota system is something that in some way makes companies like more aware of the fact that it's important to employ people with disabilities. And nowadays, one out of four people with disabilities are working, so we have a lot of work to do because there are many people who should, reach the, should be able to reach the labor market. So that's probably one of our most important goals for the future so looks outside of work i know that you like to travel you like to travel a lot i remember i think the last time I, we were together in, in the same room was at the ilo in in geneva just before christmas last year and you were about to go on a trip to to botswana you know, actually after that meeting i was going to go to bali in my free ah. time sometimes i write posts i have like a small yeah. traveling post but I, it's really small because I do it like winding up really wild. Yes, I love uh -huh. traveling. I love traveling like in my professional life and in my personal life. Mm -hmm. My first trip after the accident was to the United States, but that was for a little while. And then I went to China. And mm -hmm. after being in China, I discovered that, I mean, it was, I didn't have no doubt because while I was at the hospital, I traveled every single weekend. Once they allow me to go the weekend out, I will go to Madrid. And then as I had many weddings that year, I will go to different places in Spain. So I start moving a lot just from the beginning. What we decided a couple of years ago is that we, four of our friends, we wanted to go on a honeymoon because it didn't look like we were going to get married in the short future. So we were like, okay, 
we'll go on our honeymoon first and then if we'll get married we'll go on another honeymoon so we went to Botswana which is a huge uh, beautiful country in Africa and we went on a safari that's like two years ago oh, wow that's right I remember now that it was Indonesia that you were that you were going to now. so what, what kind of like preparation do you have to do for, for a trip like that is there a lot of extra stuff that you would have to to plan for not really the truth is that I don't like to have like a special way of traveling I mean, since I'm able to walk, which makes things different and short distance, and I also go with a wheelchair that's really small. For example, when I went to Machu Picchu, I just, or to the jungle, the first time I went to the jungle in Amazonas, I was really impressed. Everybody will try to help me. And for example, there, which I went to a small hostel, like in the middle of nowhere, and we had to get to the boat. Now I think it, when I think about that, I was, I think I was really crazy because I could have fallen to the river for like so many times, but there was always somebody helping and since we were, we were going to a hostel that wasn't accessible at all we did call the hostel and said please could we have an extra person to help us because we are going to be three women traveling by ourselves and it would be good to have somebody like giving us a little bit of an extra help especially because I don't want my friends to have to cover for my luckiness or for my weakness I want that we all travel comfortably and so that we always managed that way or when we went to Machu Picchu I went with one guide and my friends went with the other guide because I was going to be slower since every time going up takes a while, but going down, I will sit on the floor, move my body and then do it another time and another time. And for example, when we went to Botswana, which for us was a really expensive trip, so we spent a lot of time planning it. Just when we had everything decided, I called the travel agents and I told her, okay, I haven't told you yet because I don't want a special trip, but I have a spinal cord injury and this is my situation. So she freaked out. But she was like, okay, <laughs> like, we'll do it. And, but the only thing that she actually did was taking, putting us in the nearest room whenever it was possible. But as you can imagine, in that trip, sometimes we went to really fancy places and the other times we went to really hostel places. But it was a huge, huge trip. And that trip was like three months after I broke my leg. So I went to the trip a little bit like walking so little. You just have to have a little bit of an attitude like, if things broke, you will always have a solution. When I went to Bali, my wheelchair broke the second day. And that's really an issue. For example, since that trip, now I always go with a small wheelchair, with a small wheel in the back just in case. Because in Bali, there was no problem since there is a lot of tourism from Australia. So there are lots of places where you can get rent a wheelchair. Not lots, but there is one place. But that's enough. Where I rent a wheelchair there. And first of all, I went to a hospital where they gave me a wheelchair that could be from 1920 but it was enough to be able to move for one day while, while I was renting the other one, which wasn't from 1920, but it was like from 1955. But it was much better than one from 1920. And now I go my roll race another time. But that's because I prefer to have make things normal, like even though maybe they are maybe not the most comfortable way. As I say, I read your blogs and some of the photos from those trips were just amazing. So I'm a fellow traveler like you. I like to travel. And yeah, by the end of it, I was ready to start planning for a trip. So I'm campaigning hard at home for a, to go on a safari. But transport is an area of interest for, for Business Disability Forum at the moment. We have some research uh, that we're conducting around disabled people's experience of, of all different types of transport, you know, trains and tourism. Oh, that's a great topic. Yeah. What do you think? Because you're such a big traveler. So what are the, are the main ways that the tourist industry or the travel industry can improve? Uh... Many things should be done because, for example, what I'm telling you are my trips that I do with my friends that we do it in a really like adventure way. But I don't, you don't always like to be on an adventure. 
I mean, that's because I like traveling that way, but not the whole time. And airline companies, travel company, like all kind of moving companies, I think that there's certain things that should be taken into account. It would be good that people would be trained to help people with disability, making them feel comfortable. Because I don't need that somebody move me, move me, but there is people who do need it. And sometimes it's like, take a little bit care, be a little bit more empathy. Or for example, many airlines don't allow me to get my seat from the internet. I have to go there and be there and say, I'm take my boarding pass. And it's like, no. I mean, normally if you have a mobility issue, it's not the most comfortable thing to be having to go from one place to another. And it's, why can't I not get my boarding pass and the other person can? For example, I mean, I don't get mad at all because I just at the end don't care, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. Or in hotels, that happened when I went to the south of France with my parents, for example. The same year of Botswana, we went on holiday with my parents. And during that time, I couldn't walk. So I always take, pay a lot of attention to this because I don't like when they tell you that there is an accessible room but the accessible room is not useful for a person with disability, with, sorry, in a wheelchair. That's not accessible. That's just more comfortable because, I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly able to manage in a certain room when I'm able to walk. But if the door is not enough wide, you are not going to be able to fit the wheelchair. So there are many things that in the same time way the transportation and all the tourism activities should take more into account that now there is, Almost the population with a disability is nearly the population of China. I think that in Great Britain, you speak a lot about the purple pound. And right. in addition to that, population is getting old. And when you get the old, the kind of necessities that you have are really similar. If in Spain, it's full of Americans, Russians, British, people from the north of Europe who are coming here for their retirement. Those kind of people have really things that are really similar to what I need. But also, it's like in that way, there are many things that should be done. Have you spent much time in the in the UK, in Britain? No, I studied at the London School of Economics for a summer, which okay. was a great, great experience. And I've traveled to London just as a tourist, but I've never lived in the UK besides my summer in the LSE, which mm -hmm. was a great experience. It was full of like Americans, Indians, and not British at all. I think that there were really few <laughs> British there. We were all foreigners that were for the summer, but it was really, really nice. Did you find it an accessible place to travel around? In London, I just been once yeah. in a wheelchair. When oh, okay. I went to LSU, I wasn't, I didn't have a spinal cord injury yet. I've been in Cardiff because I went to the European World Championship final, Real Madrid, Juve, which mm -hmm. was a great experience. And I had it not issue there. I mean, everything was really quite well, but it, that, that doesn't make, it was just the final. And I've been to London, which London is great. The buses were really, really, really comfortable to use. Mostly, I don't remember nothing that was like traumatic. I could probably do most of the things. Normally, you just remember things when they don't work. And I don't remember anything bad about going to London at all. And we just landed and we got the train. I'll be going a lot to London next year because my brother is going to start to live in London with his family. So probably I will go to the UK quite a lot in the future. Oh, great. Well, we'll have to make sure that we get to meet up when I'm in London as well then. That should be a great idea. All right. Well, look, Adorne, it's been really good catching up with you. It's been, it's been a long time since we spoke. So thank you so much for making the time. You are welcome. It's always nice speaking to you, Brendan. Hey, look, it's been, it's been great talking to you, Adorne. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear what you think. So please like and review the show. You can subscribe by finding us on platforms such as SoundCloud, Acast, iTunes. You just need to search for us using the words business, disability forum.